welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Yardley tried his best, Goddard won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun, the second test and West Indies won. With those little pals of mine. Hello and welcome to this special edition of The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. For this midweek edition, I'm joined by the Trinidad and Tobago Newsday's uh, uh, reporter and cricket uh, expert, Colin Benjamin. Hello, Colin. Hello, David, and good day to all your viewers that listen to your very, very, very important podcast, I might add. Oh, <laughs> thank you for the for the for the big up, um, Colin. It's uh, uh, been a tempestuous last few days. It's been a tempestuous year, I suppose, ever since the uh, the strike in India occurred. We're still seeing the fallout of that now. Phil Simmons has been suspended. Um, feelings must be feet running really high in Trinidad, particularly. Yeah, it's like has the last few days has been particularly hot here in the Trinidad media with. Mr. Dave Cameron coming here for the much-awaited town hall meeting that everyone wanted to talk to him about is like when I asked you some questions at him that mm. people have suggested I trapped him because his responses are a bit edgy, you can say. Mm. Then as soon as that, before that town hall even happened, the news with Simmons broke, then we moved into... Simon speaking out, and now he's been suspended, and we know where we are right now. It's highly disconcerting. Of mm. course, people have been saying in Trinidad for a very long time that we totally feel that Dwayne, Kyron, and Ramden have been victimized for their roles as somewhat leaders in the India pullout. And of course, by sacking or suspending, I should get. Let me just, for once, Stick to the WACB <laughs> rhetoric of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the suspension, yes. A lovely word, yeah. A trini again. So it's playing to our nationalistic bias. Mm. So it's easy for every trini to be very pissed about this. Mm. Yeah, naturally. Um, I think the key word as well there, we're using them, victimization. I mean, it seems to me that yeah. what has been lacked here is clarity. It, it, the, the Caribbean has been split in many ways over the reaction uh, to the, the, the strike or the pull-out, whatever anybody wants to call it. Bravo and Pollard seem to have been identified as the ringleaders. And there's people that feel that they were justified in their actions. People like Michael Holding have spoke very eloquently about it. Tony Cozier's uh, been ambivalent and pointed fingers at the board. There's other people who've had very strong views that thought what they did went beyond the pale. I confess I'm one of those and felt that they should be punished, if you like. But what came out of the uh, the Hyatt Accord that uh, involved politicians like Ralph Gonzalez was that there was um, this position was going to be taken that there was going to be no victimisation of these players. And since then, we saw those players dropped from the ODI side for the World Cup and... We were told that this was about form. They've been continually, you know, uh, still rejected for the ODI part of the Sri Lanka tour, although they have been picked for the 2020 
uh, leg, it seems to me that whether you interpret it as victimisation or not, they have been rejected, apparently on non-cricketing grounds, going back on what had been agreed. Basically. It's like this. It's like, for example, I, I come from the internet, football media first, and I came back into cricket probably last year, coincidentally, when this whole India stuff fall out, because it's like, I do it football all the time, and I'm listening to what's going on with the cricket, I'm just wondering, what the hell is going on here? Hmm. So, I haven't really done anything about India for the last year at all. The only thing I ever did was I did an article for my friend, Latona Liber, the big Trinidad football journalist, when I just basically interviewed all the directors in the Caribbean and asked them, why did you go back for camera? That's mm. all I did. Mm. My links in cricket for uh, I keep hearing stuff. Uh, I've been monitoring for a long time. Uh, I've become fairly, I won't say close, but I have the players' ears. Let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah. And we all come to the town hall this weekend in Trinidad, and just looking at it all is, I am totally convinced, at least to this point in time. You can say maybe I'm too player-centric now at this stage, but mm. approaching one year. I have not seen any reason to believe that the players have not been victimized, and I see no reason to believe that the board has any grounds to stand on where they were right. For example, one of the questions I asked the camera at the town hall meeting was, okay, the task force report, even before that hired accord document that said that nobody's going to be victimized, they speaking to the players and guys who were close to the task force negotiations, hmm. I found out that after the India 14, they only spoke to two players. <laughs> they did not speak to anyone from India. Hmm. And Cameron revealed to me when he actually said that, I made a good point about that, that they did not, they only spoke to a few board members. So my question to him is, how could this task force report even be complete hmm. if you didn't speak to all the parties? Yeah. So yeah. that, to me, that's a very, very big deal. So if, if that report is saying, even 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 that, so look at, looking like it, it is so far, that report, which looks very incomplete, even that report said all three parties must not be victimized. And yet all no one from the board has lost their jobs. Okay, maybe Phil might. <laughs> yeah. But the only people losing their jobs is Dwayne, uh, Kyron, and, and Ramden. Mm. And I don't care what nobody says. Ramden, it's like, I don't even know how to, to start it. Mm. We drew with England. I remember one of the first articles I ever did for Quick Info. I was kind of very glowing with the West Indies team saying, well, look, we now have in this new FTP situation now, we have India first, South Africa, England, Australia, well, World Cup in between. Mm. We're still now have a chance with this team that everyone says is only good, is only good at T20 cricket. You can probably rise up in 2015. Of course, the events in India crashed it all. But the point there is that the team we had at that point in time, we could have done something, you know? Mm. The victimization. So, so go back to Ramden. Mm. I, I was sensing that article at the time. England, with all the problems with Kevin Peterson, could be vulnerable in the Caribbean once we pick our best players. A lot of people didn't think that England, even the, the, the man Colin Graves, he said he expected England to win. Yeah. And West Indies came back and Jordan Suiz won all. So Ram did have some good points. Did the, so what happened against Australia that, that was so bad you had to drop them? Did they expect us to now rebound and beat Australia? Mm -hmm. Who were up to that point probably the best team in the world, mm -hmm. even though England shocked them? 
So it doesn't make any sense. Brandon was never given the best available team many times. Two perfect examples. What did the selectors expect Randon to do when you give him a guy like Ken or Peters to open the bowling against South Africa? <laughs> really? Virginia Chandrika, who plays for Power Gen in local chain at club cricket, I, up to this day, cannot believe he wore a maroon cap. Hmm. I, I'm still trying to... I, don't, I, I still think it's a bad dream, but... <laughs> uh, never mind, man. Hmm. No, the, 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 there's a lot of confusion... Um, there's a lot of accusation as well. Yeah, it's like... Well, I look at the, the team that's been picked today. Mm. One name that jumps out of me makes me kind of laugh. Johnson Carter. It's like, okay. Mm. <laughs> he played the World Cup. I don't think anyone could actually say he impressed them. He was even so bad in the CPL this year. Kyra, Kira Powell, Powell, sorry, mm. dropped him for the CPL final and picked Kyle Hope. People were wondering that was a brave decision. You, you, some people might like to say, well, okay, maybe Paul and Brown would do anything in one day cricket to deserve to be recalled. But what did Carter do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, on that one, I, I saw a fair amount of Jonathan Carter when I was living in Barbados, and he had yeah. moments of absolute genius and brilliance. And a that's true, that's true. Terrible underperformer, but yeah. has incredible yeah. potential. Um, it, I think he should have been picked before now. Uh, he doesn't seem to be uh, having shown any form that, that deserves it. Um, again, confusion. Yeah, well, that's true. I agree with that. I've, on the West Indies Cricket Board podcast, when they show first-class games, I've seen Carter made some very good innings. So I wouldn't say he's the worst I've seen, but his 2015 form is terrible. Yeah. There's no way he, there's no way he can pick him. No. There's no way. No. No way. And um, I, I, we'll get back to the sort of Trinidad issue in a moment, but uh, yeah. similarly, there's 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 people in Guyana um, very very uh, annoyed that uh, Paul Permall has been uh, ejected from the Test side when he was the leading bowler in the in the four day game. His form had seemed to demonstrate that he needed a prolonged run. Well, this is a very interesting thing. I did an interview with Lance Gibbs about a month ago, and I was asking what he thought about the state of West Indies spinners. And he was like, said what I always thought. The pitches are so bad, it makes spinners look good, and the batsmen play spinners terribly. We had an example for like five years. Jamaica won every back-to-back-to-back-to-back 40 competitions. Yeah. And they keep together with, with out batsmen in his sleep, <laughs> and they average 14. Now, if you look at Nikita Miller with, with his stats alone, you might think this is Al Valentine has come back to life. <laughs> but but it's nothing of the sort. He was a, sad to say, uh, all due respect, he was a, just a domestic spinner. I don't want to call him trash. Uh, I don't want to disrespect nobody. But that's a fact. Mm. We only have two spinners in the Caribbean who are of international standard. Narayan and Bishop. Pramal, he comes across to me personally as one of these spinners who probably can't lead an attack. He could be a good backup spinner. Like, for example, I was watching the CPL when the attack was Narine, Bishu, and himself for the Guyana Amazon Warriors. And, and, and that Guyana pitch was, just, was probably worse than some subcontinent pitches. They were mm. a very dangerous combination. So I'm thinking, well, the Guyanese are right. He's like, okay. He bowled, He played a very key part in West Indies beat England in Barbados. Hmm. Bishop played in Dominica. Okay, I was in Jamaica for the Test match. Promal bowled terribly, but it's like it's almost, it's almost the same thing with Ramden. It's like what happened in that one Test match that made you think that now 
Jamal Warwick needs to be picked. Yeah. For more, give him a chance. Okay, Narayan is saying that his action is an issue he can't play. I presume that if Narayan was okay to play, they would have picked him in the test series. So I. So that, that's the next thing too, Dave. Is like back in the days when Clyde Butts was chairman selector and he was so silent. No one ever understand the teams he picked. Mm. The constant criticism was, oh, who is Clyde Butts? He only <laughs> played two test matches. He doesn't know anything about cricket. So when Clive Lord and Courtney Walsh, the greatest West Indies captain, our leader could take it, came in, it was like, yes, we have two cricketers who understand the game. They will look beyond the stats. They will understand our first-class game as crap, and they will be able to pick out the talent. Yeah. So I was happy about that. So to see them pick Warrigan, to see them pick Chandrika, to see them pick Kenroy Peters on first-class form. To pick Shane like, Dowrich as a, as a front-line batsman, batting higher for the West yeah, Indies than he would for Barbados. Yeah. yeah yes, I, I, I remember walking in Sabana Park on day one of the test match. And I remember looking at the West Indies team and I remember the confusion in the morning when Samuels was out and I think, um, I can't remember who was the next person. And when I saw Shane Dowrich again in the team, I was just like, <laughs> what is you doing? It's like, okay, German Blackwood yeah. won us a test message in Barbados. Promote him to four. Yeah. Why, why are you... So, uh, and it's funny again, it's like, why was Darren better number four? He's a keeper, number six for Barbados. Like, really? Are you trying to tell me you think he can make it as a natural, as, as a pure batsman? Or what, what, what is Clive Lloyd and Walsh and Baptiste seeing that I'm not? Yeah. No, uh, uh, we, we, we could go on with these. Another one, um, Leon Johnson, who'd done, done well, promoted to open. He's not an opener. And actually done a pretty good job. Gets dropped, yeah. and then Shy Hope is then opening the innings, which he doesn't do for Barbados. You think what's what's Johnson done wrong? That a lot of the selections have been mystifying. It's, it's funny because the next thing came up in the town hall meeting. I asked Dave Cameron, for example, given that with the new MOU CBA, hmm. we have Simmons and Bravo retiring from hmm. Test cricket. <laughs> if he's worried, given our obvious limited amount of very good players or or, or players of who we feel are very good at probably don't always live up to the expectation. Yeah. Are you now worried that more players could follow them? His response to me was simply, um, he's always worried that players may want to, what former players may want to play, but he's confident that we will have replacements. So I said, you sure about that, Mr. Cameron? He said, well, once the TTCV and the regional boards live up to the mandate, we'll always have replacements. Mm. So I'm thinking to myself, has he been watching cricket? <laughs> Since Chris Gale last played a test match against Bangladesh, as you said, we've tried Johnson, the middle of the batsman, Shai Hope, the great Chandrika, <laughs> just to get Bradford a steady opening partnership. They all have failed. Yeah. Right? Narang action down. We've tried Ben. He failed. They brought back, they brought back Schillingford with his new action. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't cut it. They... Gave Pramal a chance, he failed in one game, performed in the next game. Only Bishy was taking the chance, right? You dropped Dwayne Bravo, and you, you're now telling me you, you're going to make Jason Holder an all-rounder win. Realistically, Jason's batting is no better than Mitchell Johnson or Ravi Ashwin or even Graham Swan. Yeah. 
as a, as a, as a batsman. So we now going to because it's like this right now. As you may look at the world of cricket right now. Every team is trying to get an all rounder in their top six somehow because mm. there's probably no team in the world that has four strong bowlers of a Glenn McGraw, Brett Lee, Jason Gillespie, Shane Warren level or the, the great West Indies four crown that you can all they, they can guarantee them 20 wickets. Yeah. England has won the Ashes with Ben Stokes. New Zealand have Anderson and Nisham. Australia have Mitchell Morris now that, now that Shane Watson is gone. Bangladesh have Saqib. India have been mm. trying with Stuart Binney. <clears throat> so it's like you we so Russell can't play so the new CBO MOU is Bravo don't want to play under it. So there's too much confusion. We don't have replacements in many areas. So to be so arrogant about it shows how yeah. shows how Wesley's are thinking. It's almost like he's trying to say, Okay, Dwayne, okay Lenny, you don't want to play. Well we will prove to you that we can replace you. No. Yeah. People might always say, for example, David, that okay. I was listening to the Caribbean show, the Sports Max, yesterday when the story broke. And both very respected journalists, Fazir Mohammed and Simon Crosley, were making a point, which is true, that a lot of people like to say that if Paul and Bravo were here, West Indies could have probably done better in the World Cup, or they could have done X, Y, and Z. But I always made a comparison because I follow football a lot too. Hmm. Like, okay, West Indies won the 20 World Cup, right? Which is the only tournament we've won in this last 25 years after 79 2004 Champions Trophy yeah right that same year in the world of football Greece shocked us and won the European Championship <laughs> right so that was a fluke West this wasn't anywhere close to being the best one team in the world that year mm-hmm. on a different day if England had gotten Courtney Brown out it would have been Michael Volley in that trophy mm-hmm. right so Greece wasn't the best football team in the world then. No, it was the West Indies. But there was a strong case to be made that when we wanted to turn the World Cup, we were the best to team in the world. Yeah. All right? So what has happened since then? That same year as well, that was the same year we, we trashed New Zealand and the Caribbean. But the same New Zealand team that, like, six or seven players have gone on now to reach the World Cup final, and a lot of people think they can go to Australia this year and win. Why New Zealand are so good? To me, is because their player relations are so much better than us. It's like mm. McCullum is their captain, but they allow him to come to fly in from IPO whatever he wants because they realize that once McCullum, they can't compete with IPO money, but once McCullum, Trent Bolt, or all these guys can play in these tournaments, make their money, be happy, they will give New Zealand 100%. But since T20 started in 2008 with the IPL breakout, mm-hmm. West Indies just seem to have, just don't know to negotiate with our stars. And I personally feel that having met many of the stars who happen to be from Trinidad, mm-hmm. these guys aren't mercenaries, man. They just, people, I don't know, sometimes fans forget that under Dinanat Ramnarayan, every time they went to court with Reaper, West Indies cricket board lost. <laughs> I got I, 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 I to understand. You call them players mercenaries and they should commit to West Indies, but do you forget that going back to even when Nelson Mandela, the South African president, had to step in when Lara was captain in 1998 yeah. just to make us play? We just don't know how to deal with our players. They have not learned. So how can you 
blame say the players are mercenaries and not blame the board for just being terrible leaders. Yeah. That's a problem I have with many fans who who like to attack the players, the two tennis stars. If you get, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, it, I I I I don't disagree with you. Um, it does seem to me though an absolute need for clarity on these issues. And again, to go back to Bravo and Pollard, um, if they were held to be responsible and reprehensible for coming out of uh, India and leading the side out, then the West Indies Cricket Board should have come out and said it, forgetting, you know, ignoring the Hyatt Accord with Dr Gonzales and things. Clarity, if Richard Pybus had come out and made a statement in the same way that Andrew Strauss did, about Kevin Peterson, whether people agreed with it or didn't agree with it, and lots of people violently disagreed with the banning of Peterson, people would ev- everybody would know where they would stand, and then you can then just move on. Yeah. Why uh, hasn't that that's happened? A, that's the perfect point, because you said yourself, many the English media for the last year have hammered the ECB for leaving Peterson out. But they've held, at least, it doesn't make sense, as, as I saw Piers Morgan say one time, it's probably the, one of the most vindictive things in English sport, mm. but the ECB, at least in their own crazy way, <laughs> under Mr., what's his name again? With Charles Clark. Oh, Charles Clark. <laughs> yeah, uh, they got him out. Yeah. <laughs> the English media at least tried, at least they give them that, but... We, we just play in tit for tat with Bravo and Pollard. Come out and say it. Just come out and say it. You don't want to play? That's say it. it. Let Mr. Ralph Thorne take you to court. Let's see who will win again. Yeah. No, that, and, <laughs> and, and that's it. And that, that seems to me that if a statement had been made, because it seems as though it, everybody's talking about it, and yet people in authority aren't allowed to say it. And now Phil Simmons has been suspended for saying what everybody knows. Yep. And I've been telling many, many of my friends in Trinidad when I made the approach to speak to someone. Because for me personally, when, when he became coach, I really wanted to know what was going on with these guys. Are you going to pick them? So when I asked him and I had conversations with him, I always had the feeling, especially after we met face-to-face in Jamaica, that if it came to a point any time that he wanted to pick any of these players back who said they wanted to play because we already knew that Narayan said he didn't want to play Test because of his action and mm. Russell is claiming we got to claim there's a fact. Yeah. He's claiming yeah. his knees is cannot pull play test similar to why Malenga doesn't want to can play test with Sri Lanka. Yeah. If it came to a point where he wanted to pick a player and he couldn't get his way, he would have spoken out because Phil didn't come across to me as a guy that keeps things in his heart. But he told me straight, for example, he's happy to talk to any media in the Caribbean once you quote him correctly. And that's why I guess he spoke to me. Mm. And he was very open about what he wanted to do. And so if from that perspective, I'm not surprised he even said something. As you said yourself, he basically said what we all have been guessing since last year, October. Mm. Well, it was, and if, for those that have actually seen the uh, segment, which is circulating on, on Twitter, um, Barry Wilkinson, who actually asked the questions for his line and length show, can be very warm and very persuasive in his questioning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, Barry's a good man. Barry will. And he, being in Barbados, I'm pretty sure when Barry heard that, cause I, I, I do watch his show every weekend. Mm. And I, it was interesting because I, I know you watch it too. Mm. He did not show the interview on his show, but he That's... kept it specifically to the show on Sportsmax yesterday, which was because he realized that, yo, this is, this is serious. Yeah. Well, it was. It was... Yeah. 
it was it was clear that they they didn't use it in last week's show, but yeah, uh, evidently yeah. all the reports that came out, um, I think it might have started in Barbados itself, that used all of those quotes that had come directly from that interview. And yeah. it's it's good to see it in the cold light of day and said how it was said, who was saying it. And yes, Simmons has now apologised and said it was a moment of schoolboy madness. Um, yes, it's a... He's gone against the collective responsibility of committee by speaking out. But he's he's not the only one. We've got Azim Bazarath continually saying things against the West Indies Cricket Board, of which he is a member. We've got Ramirine continually saying things against the Trinidad and Tobago Cricket Board, of which he is a okay. member. Well, that's the next problem by itself. Don't go there. That's oh my. <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's a hypocrisy. I can understand that Simmons has been foolish and he needs to be disciplined, but I don't think this process is helping anybody. Oh, because it's like this. How are the players supposed... I'm wondering what the, the players' state of mind is. We all know the same. It's obvious from a face value. Both Westerns and Sri Lanka are rebuilding. Right? Yeah. So, if from that perspective, you can say, yes, they are vulnerable, that we can probably beat them. But given what I'm to, to, to coach right now, it's like, I'm wondering what the players are thinking. <laughs> you know, like, oh, they're not going to play their best. That's going to be, be the biggest problem in West Indies, as I explained before, with the whole player versus board issues. If you know who you're working for is not easy, you're not going to give your 100%. And mm. I, I won't be surprised if Sri Lanka, in home conditions, right now, based on what to Simmons, trashes. Mm. I won't be surprised. And I can say this, David. <sighs> Maybe I don't know if I should, but I'll listen to that. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. Very good sources are telling me this evening, Trinidad time, that they feel that they've been, they've been told that Simmons' suspension is the first stage and he will be sacked. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. The same source told me this Sunday night before Simmons was actually suspended so could he be could he be wrong once and right the next time well that, if they haven't made a decision yet um, I mean I remember to my own cost uh, a, a year and a bit ago uh, um, bit being the one to, to break the story um, internationally outside of the Caribbean that the decision had been taken to sack all three captains I think when yeah, the, the, when, that, yeah. when the WICB saw the reaction to that uh, I think they backtracked I think if the story hadn't been broken I think they'd have done it yeah well they, 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 they've probably done it at the end of the day that's Sammy <laughs> left I hope he, he realises he needs to win these couple of one days against Sri Lanka or he could lose his job too yeah well there, there, there's an irony to me that um uh, I, I tweeted the other day that it's now looking curiously like the days of Otis Gibson, da- Dan Sammy, Clyde Butts and Julian Hunt were the good old days. Um, yes, they were the wonderful days. I missed them already. <laughs> and, Sa- Sammy's, and Sammy's the one who's... Since Sammy was replaced as Test Captain and uh, ODI Captain, his successors have subsequently also been sacked. <laughs> yes, like he must be wondering what he ever did wrong. Well, it, I, well that's, that's a funny thing. That's a funny thing. It's like, what we're doing to hold is, is Sammy all over again. We're, we've been, they've been, they've forced a captain on us, and they're telling us again why they believe he's, he is good enough to lead the team. Yeah. When again, I don't know how long this song will last, 
he would unbalance the team considerably. Yeah. And I'm thinking this too. Let's, I'm just straight up. I wonder, is he, well, I listen to Jason all the talk. He, he obviously, he's going to be confident that he could lead the team. But does he really think that? Mm. That's yeah. what I really want to know. Could he have not just told his selector, look, I'm confident in my ability to be in the West Indies team for the considerable future. I don't want a captaincy burden. Do players even think like that? Or is it that Captain the West Indies, this great boyhood dream, is so alluring that you just can't say no to it? Maybe I, maybe yeah. that's it. But well, I personally if I was him, yeah. I would have said that. Because here why I say that, too. Yeah. In 2009, we had a player strike when the players left. And the players were asking domestic players don't play because that's a statement of cause. Many players did not accept the offer to play against Bangladesh. If you, if you can remember that, they mm-hmm. just said, well, yeah, that's this right. is why, for example, a guy like Dave Bernard. Floyd Reefer's team. Yeah. Yeah, came back. So I'm thinking, did Jason ever think like that? Mm-hmm. He knows the drama's going to go on. He's sure he's ready for this. He's 22 years old. Well, I worry for him a lot because yeah. I, I, I believe he's one of our best upcoming players and everything, but he can't be captain, man. No, hell no. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I don't care what Clive Lloyd says, they ain't fooling me. Yeah. Well, he, he certainly has emerged as a media favourite. I mean, originally when they talked about sacking all the captains, the name that was put forward to be the test captain was Craig Brathwaite, but uh, Holder seems to have... Um, uh, well, come across as such a good, uh, good chap. I think what they're looking for clearly is a unifying force. And to go back to Sammy, um, Sammy yeah. wasn't good enough to be in the side, but my God, that that man did seem to unify the side around him. And it's again, it's just it seems to be falling. Sure, Sammy is a great individual. A few times I've run into him as a from a media perspective. Yeah, he's cool. It's just that I even wonder why he even took it back in the day too. But you're right, he did definitely unify the team. His, his unifying ability was very much keen to team winning the 2020 World Cup. No one can deny that. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. that he played 20 odd tests too many. <laughs> That's yeah. about it. Yeah, no. But, he, yeah. He, 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 and I'm not surprised, but again, I wish they'd say it, that I think they've. The, the reason why we can still see. Pollard, Dwayne Bravo in the 2020 side that's been selected it's almost as if they're happy to treat that as a separate entity from the ODI and Test side and allow all of their players to play in that 2020 side when they're fit and that those players would prioritise that over any other commitment so we should see in the 2020 World Cup um, Chris Gale, Dwayne Bravo, Pollard all of those and a full strength 2020 West Indies side around Darren Sammy yeah, yeah, pretty much. Of course, any day too, you really can. Even if you're using the, the, the stats argument, which they, they love to use as the default to say you don't want to pick Bravo and Pollard in one-day cricket, you cannot job them from Tony cricket based on what they've done around the world in big tournaments this year. Mm. That is madness. Mm. So from that perspective, you can't drop them. But, as I said, I, I believe this is a smokescreen. If the moment they fail in T20s, that's like how Ramden lost the Australia series, they will use that to drop them both. Of that, I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. So, these two one days in Sri Lanka, which are, are coincidentally are only two T20s mm-hmm. before the World Cup next year, actually. Yeah. If they don't perform, 
Well, I, I, th- I think they'll be picked on on reputation and there. But they better have picked them. Well, I don't know that that people in uh, Trinidad and the wider Caribbean could get more upset and wound up by uh, things than they are at the moment. As President Roman always says, when you think Wesley's can hit no no lower of a point, they can do it. So I won't be surprised if something worse happens. Mm. I'm prepared for the worst right now. Mm. And mm. I believe, as me and my friends have been talking pretty much today, let's put it this way. Uh, of course, I have more football to deal with over here. The Trinidad Tobago Pro League is back. So I Trinidad will be playing US in a big World Cup qualifier in November. So I will have my ways to keep my mind off cricket. <laughs> yeah, pretty much easily. But this situation, I guess, in a lot of ways, will define which media in the Caribbean are serious. Because, a lot, for example, a lot of people have asked me who don't cover cricket why the media are attacking or attacking the board or trying to get to the bottom of this and so on. I tell them, for example, a lot of guys in the Caribbean media are just disillusioned. They don't care. Mm. Some prefer to be blacklist because, as we already know, Tony Koja, Respirator is always on your program, Michael Holden, mm. have been blacklisted. Yeah. Who am I? Who's Colin Benjamin? Who's Roger Sipasad? Who is Stefan Nicholas? Who is Avinash Ramzan in Guyana? Who is German Lenneman, a Jamaica Gleaner? Who is Ezra Stewart, Barbados Nation? If mm. we speak out too hard, we might be blacklisted too. Yeah. But the media has to know what they want. And then they, if you feel that you've gone too far, you got to say something. Mm. And I personally believe that, nah, let's stop the madness. I'm going to keep doing what I have to do. I'm gonna, I, you may call it being aggressive towards the board now, but unless they can show me something that can make me think that the players are wrong. Because I said before, at the top of the program, it's been one year. I haven't said anything. I've spoken to both sides, players, board officials. Everyone knows me or knows who I am to a good enough level. So... I've drawn my conclusions, mm. and I'm happy where it is right now. Well, and, and Dave Cameron has publicly said within the last year that uh, yeah, he does. He thinks there's too many people saying too many negative things about West Indies cricket. It's difficult to respond to that and say, well, show me the positives. Has he said a turn that time? Well, we, we, we have positives. The PCL is great. We have replacements. He, they clearly seen every positive. Oh, is a great new captain. You've heard it. What do you mean there's no positives? Have you? No, 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 no. Fair point. But one of those positives, as you're saying, there, the the the, the PCL, uh, the redivying of of funds, yeah. is what is causing uh, the all the upset with the the, the players. No players, uh, I understand, international players have signed up uh, into or that. The, that they've not continued their membership of the West Indies Players Association, so the the union is now representing the grassroots players and not the international players. And, uh, yeah, I think I did ask him that question at the town hall, and his response was, "The players." That was what he said. He said the players should be more worried that they don't have representation. So I asked him, "What do you mean? That the, are you trying to say that a guy like Bravo or Pollard or whoever?" cannot speak to you or the board directly mm-hmm. and his words was something of the, along the lines of well yes they can but it has rules to, they have, there's rules to the engagement I'm not sure what you're trying to say but that's a big problem that's a very big problem mm-hmm. before we had what do you want to call the Ram Narayan Militant he and Weeper 
did a great job to bring in West Indies first class players back up to a certain level. How can it be good that your leading players? How can you be happy with that? Mm-hmm. How could you? It's like you should be very worried. <laughs> of course, not every country in the world has a players representative body. For example, India doesn't have one, and they're the big boys of world cricket. But we have one. He went shoes. Such a big. For example, he even mentioned at the town hall meeting that West Cricket Board has been able to save like three million US dollars over the last year because of not having to pay continuous repo fees. So obviously, getting good repo is a, is a big deal for the board. So how can you be happy to get good with them, and all the big players are out of it? Mm-hmm. And people, of course, if you talk to Wayne Valens now, he will obviously tell you that the people's independent. I believe, I, I think I saw a brief press release in the last 24 hours of Wayne Valens and Repo asking for clarity over selection. But for the last year, they've been so silent. Mm. Yeah, no, there's, there's still this, this whole issue um, over the uh, MOU collective bargaining agreement, the pull-out of uh, India, it's its still going on now. All of these events, um, Bravo, Pollard, it hasn't been resolved. Uh, we've, we've, we've still got to have the, the report soon into governance coming from Keith Mitchell, and he, he made the Prime Minister of Grenada, and he made it quite clear before even the suspension of Phil Simmons at the weekend that he had a great deal of sympathy and uh, a lot of suspicion of the, the West Indies Cricket Board, there is an immense amount of disharmony in the region. Yeah, like sometimes as a football fan, I wonder if West Indies should just do like the former Yugoslavia and just break up. <laughs> well, that's, that's, the, that's the worry, that's the fear, Colin. Yeah, it's like, I don't know where we're going with this. Obviously, Carrie Cum, as we saw when Chris Gill was, was banned for like a year or so, Carrigan really can't do them anything. Of course, ICC has the rules against government intervention. Yeah. So, a Carrigan takeover or, or, or putting in an IMC as what happened when I remember the Guyana government that tried to take over their board a few years ago. Yeah. Obviously, that would cause much condemnation, but I don't know. It's like, it's like, I, like I grew up as a young West Indian now, and when I compare what my dad, for example, I, I know many, my dad, Many older West Indians in Trinidad like have not gone to see West Indies play in over a decade. You ask them why, it's like they just lose. They don't want to go to see a Test match. But growing up in those times, the colonial times, they had playing for West Indies and doing well was like proving to the then colonial masters that mm-hmm. we could be your equal. Straight up and right, right now, playing for West Indies doesn't have that same mighty emotional. Thing. Even if Pollard and Bravo and these guys want to be West Indies, they don't have they don't have that same emotion as what Clive Lloyd and Viv Richards did back in the day. No. So that's the issue with how things are perceived from a player's perspective. But so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know for the board uh, no. <laughs> to go on about this. But I don't know. No, no, there's 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 no easy answers, is there, Collins? Um, I think we could talk and talk and talk about this, and I suspect you and I may be talking some more soon, particularly if uh, if Simmons does get sacked and uh, where it takes West Indies 
cricket next but I think we're going to leave it for there for today yeah David well, thanks for having me on uh, as I said I hope fans if the media the media knows what they have to do I can say that for sure mm. but the fans need to s- eventually speak with their wallets too but they won't change yeah we don't have any cricket coming up until next year try series and if India wants to come here <laughs> yeah if if, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's the next big issue we didn't even touch. <laughs> we haven't even touched that yet. No, exactly. I... So, we, they have to know if the situation gets worse, they have to decide to themselves too. Do they want to even watch the West Indies? Yeah. 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 Well, you and I will keep talking about it anyway. We've still got the passion there. Um, thank you for joining me, Colin. I've been joined by Colin Benjamin, sports uh, reporter and writer for the Newsday in Trinidad. Uh, This has been a special edition, uh, midweek-wise, of the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And I hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye.